Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About Autism. My name is Emily and I'm a third year psychology student. In this podcast, let's talk about everything autism, from where it all began to what we know now. In today's episode, let's talk about what is involved in diagnosing autism. Autism is a neurodevelopmental disorder that can be diagnosed at any age, but it's considered a developmental disorder because characteristics normally appear in the first two years of a child's life. There are three professionals that are qualified to diagnose autism. A paediatrician or a children's doctor, psychologist or psychiatrist, and a speech pathologist, who all use the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, Edition 5, also known as the DSM-5. The DSM-5 outlines the signs and symptoms of autism and describes how many of these signs and symptoms must be present for an individual to be diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. The DSM-5 refers to signs and symptoms, but let's use the terms signs and characteristics. To find out whether a child has the signs and characteristics to meet the DSM-5 criteria for autism, professionals also need to do extra tests. These tests are called diagnostic assessments. The diagnostic assessments assess the two areas of difficulty, social communication and restricted, repetitive and or sensory behaviours or interests. In order to be diagnosed with autism, individuals must have difficulties in both areas and have characteristics from early childhood, even if they weren't detected in those early years. For the social communication area, individuals must show the following signs in order to meet this component of the assessment. Rarely use language to communicate with others, not speaking at all, rarely responding when they're spoken to, not sharing interests or achievements with parents, rarely using or understanding gestures like pointing or waving, using limited facial expressions to communicate, not showing interest in friends or having difficulties making friends, and rarely engaging in imaginative play. For the restricted, repetitive and or sensory behaviour or interests area, individuals must show the following signs in order to meet the second component of the assessment. Repetitively lining up toys in a particular way, frequently flicking switches or spinning objects, speaking in a repetitive way, having very narrow or intense interests, needing things to always happen in the same way, having trouble with changes to their routine or changes from one activity to another, showing signs of sensory sensitivities like becoming distressed by everyday sounds like hair dryers, bright white lights and flickering lights, and loud noises. Once these two areas are assessed, an autism diagnosis includes how much support this individual will require. Level 1 is for individuals who need support. Level 2 is for individuals who need substantial support. And level three is for individuals who need the most support. These three levels suggest that some individuals have characteristics that only slightly affect their daily lives, while others have characteristics that affect their daily lives more severely. The DSM-5 shows support levels for each of the two areas of difficulty, meaning that individuals may have different levels of support required 
for the social communication area compared to the restricted and repetitive behaviours, or they may need the same support for both areas. The DSM-5 outlines that these levels of support required for the individual should not be determined by whether the individual is eligible for the support or not. The DSM-5 made some key changes to how autism was diagnosed. The DSM-5 only includes a single diagnosis of Autism Spectrum Disorder, or ASD, substituting the different subcategories of Autistic Disorder, Asperger's Syndrome, and Persuasive Developmental Disorder, not otherwise specified, or PDD-NOS, to be included under the ASD diagnosis. However, there is a separate diagnosis for Social Communication Disorder, or SCD. Social Communication Disorder is similar to ASD, except that individuals diagnosed with Social Communication Disorder don't have restricted, repetitive and or sensory behaviours. If individuals do have at least two restricted, repetitive and or sensory behaviours, it could suggest a diagnosis of autism. If not, it could suggest a diagnosis of social communication disorder. Autism sometimes comes with other conditions, known as co-occurring conditions. If individuals have signs or characteristics that meet the criteria for other conditions, they'll be diagnosed as having two or more conditions. For example, Autism Spectrum Disorder and Attention Deficit Hyperactive Disorder, or ADHD. For some individuals, the autism diagnosis may be a relief, but for others, it's a shock. Whatever the case is, it's important for the individual and the family to know that they're not alone, and there is plenty of support available. And we need to do our part to see the individual for who they are, and not for what their diagnosis means. An autism diagnosis is life-changing, but definitely not life-defining. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Let's Talk About Autism.